Before we begin today's episode, we wanted to shout out our patrons over at Patreon. Yes, we have a Perba, Eric Sari, Andy Herbrandt, Lauren L., Paul Campaneshi, Hanson Screen Printing, Rock the Green, and of course our newest one, Zach Duran. Thank you guys so much for sponsoring the show and uh, keeping the lights on here, the beer flowing and the music coming in. We buy and just support local. Hey, welcome to the Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. We are your hosts, Eric Sturgeon. And I'm Russell Sorry. This podcast is about all things Wisconsin, history, music, culture, and beer. Although we don't often use strong language, the content is not intended for young audiences, so listener discretion is advised. If you love the bluegrass music you hear in this intro, please check out Dang It's from Madison, Wisconsin by visiting their website, dang-its.com. Now on to the show. Uh, Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast, your weekly dose of the dairy state. We of course are your hosts, my name is Eric. And I'm Russ. And uh, today we have a special episode, it is uh, near and dear to the residents here in Muskego, uh, as the studio is as well. Uh, we are discussing the amazing early history of uh, the Muskego Amusement Park, which um, has you know a couple different iterations of it. We'll jump in. Uh, I've never to heard that. of this. I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, this isn't one. it really cool? Yeah. Um. So uh, we also have really great Wisconsin music from Briante on today's episode. Uh, we of course have another beer review. Uh, what would we be without sucking back a couple of, you a know, brewskis? You know, and uh, we have another edition of. The infamous How Many Locals You So, uh, as always, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, like, all the usual things. Um, if you really dig and, and love the show, uh, you can you can sign up for our Patreon, become a sponsor. You can buy a T-shirt or, or other logoed items uh, just by visiting our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Um also, hey, if you if you don't have the money and you really love the show, word of mouth is is honestly worth uh, oh, possibly yeah. even more than all of those other things. Uh, we'd love to have you wearing our apparel and stuff out, but uh, hey, even if you just tell somebody that you think might be interested in listening, that's that's honestly it, the power of of word of mouth is is underutilized sometimes. So, uh, and hey, if you have a couple minutes. Uh, and you're in again, you're, you've listened to the show. Uh, if you can stop by Apple podcast or, uh, um, or wherever you listen to the show, uh, honestly, uh, that would be great. Leave us a little review, uh, yeah, give huge. us the, the five star, the thumbs up, whatever. Yeah. Um, recently we did announce that we are discontinuing, uh, the use of YouTube, uh, just for the episodes as it is. It's just not the right platform for, um, Podcasts in general. I mean, our SoundCloud, our Apple Podcast, our Stitcher, our Spotify—they do really well. But yeah. our YouTube has just been kind of falling, and it's if, just more work for us. Obviously. Yeah. So we're just d- going to discontinue it. So if we decide in the future to make it more of a video podcast where we actually turn a camera on and you guys can see what we're doing here, see what we're drinking here, it would be a great platform for that. Uh, but as of right now, the way that we utilize it, uh, it just doesn't really do anything for us. And I think you've all noticed that. Uh, because the the listens on there have just steadily gone uh, down and down and down oh, yeah. and and really to the point where 
weekly we're getting only a handful of listens on there. Right. So we really do appreciate anything you can do for us, uh, reviews and and uh, purchasing of any of the items and subscribing. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump in. Yeah, let's hear about this. Um, I'm excited. So the, the Muskego Beach Amusement Park uh, is located in Muskego, Wisconsin, uh, uh just oh yeah mosquito yeah and and it was uh really between 1861 and 1967 uh, uh it was later known as dandelion park uh, between 68 and 77 that shit got a little weedy got a little weedy weedy like seedy and uh and so um this is actually located uh on like the southern bank of little mosquito lake um there's two different lakes in Muskego uh, that are uh, both named Muskego Lake, essentially. But one of them is smaller in size, and one of them is larger. Um, Makes sense, right? Yeah, it's a pretty easy naming convention to be honest. Yeah, and, and small. And, and to be honest, uh, the other differentiation between them is Little Muskego Lake is uh, definitely more for you know fun, family, uh, recreation, uh, boating, um, amateur boaters, and stuff like that. Uh, Big Muskego Lake is is definitely more so uh, the fisher, the ad, the you know the actual uh, uh, hunter and fisher kind of person. Uh, the the lake isn't very deep; it's uh, full of muck and weeds in different areas and things like that. And um, fish and it, shooting geese, and exactly. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, basically, where this all starts is uh, a man named Charles Rose. Uh, he was an operator of the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Uh, for a long time, and he purchased the Muskego Beach Amusement Park um, from one Mrs. William Bozhart. Uh, that was in, like, 1944. Um, after World War II, uh, he actually reopened it. Uh, the park included rides, games of chance, which is pretty normal, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the, what do they call it? The midway of most places. And uh, and it was a venue for uh, different musical bands as well. So, What do you, what do you think they are playing around this time, the 1940s, like Andrew Sisters and stuff? like, <clears throat> Or like, uh, what else? Like, I mean, I don't even know Nat, too many Nat, more. Nat King Cole or something? Could, yeah. Like, okay. Very well could have been. Um, I don't know if they would have pulled in such big artists. I don't think artists, but would have Probably been. OzFest. Oh, yeah. You think OzFest was there? Yep. I think this was a site considered for, you Ozfest, know, OzFest. DMB, definitely. whatever else yep. is that? Alpine? This is, is going to be If they it, couldn't huh? play Alpine, they were going to play Muskego Park, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Charles Rose uh, actually died in 1963. Um, and then five years later, uh, a, a man named Willard Masterson purchased the park. Uh, he renamed it to Dandelion Park, and uh, he added more amusement rides and things, and um, uh, Tailspin was actually the roller coaster that uh, was added at this time. And, I mean, you don't really expect a roller coaster right. to be in Muskego. Like, that's crazy. Um, you know, as you drive past Six Flags Great America, you see all the big roller coasters and things, and, you know, although Tailspin wasn't you know, massive. I'm just kind of thinking on the name here, Dandelion Park. Um, I don't know if that's such a great idea. Like, you know what I mean? It's an unwanted plant. Yeah, crabgrass uh, amusement yeah, area. Yeah, right. It's just like something that's yeah. unwanted and kind of like... Ditchweed shithole. Yeah, right. That's right. <laughs> like, ditchweed. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, honestly, yeah, like you said, that could probably be considered as, uh, as part of the reason why it maybe didn't go so hot. Yeah, um, yeah I don't know. It was popular, but not, not crazy popular, you know. Um. So a pioneer cemetery was located next to 
uh, this park, you know, this entire time. The bodies were actually eventually uh, disinterred and moved to another cemetery um, or, or other cemeteries, I should say. Uh, not all of them went to one other cemetery, but uh, the site was eventually paved over for a parking lot. Um, in 1974, an 11-year-old actually fell from the Ferris wheel Jesus. and died. This got dark real quick. Went from amusement park to and you dark. hear and you hear about uh, Ferris wheel accidents oh, yeah, yeah. all the time. Um, and, and I've I've long since been a person that says I don't trust uh, fairs uh, that that they slap up rides in, in literally a weekend right. and then tear them down a week later and move to the next thing and and who knows really what what kind of uh, uh, expertise or engineering goes into it are these people. Uh, um, you know, mechanics, are they certified? Like what, what's the case here? You know, I mean, I, I was th- think I was reading a story recently where like this, this roller coaster hit like, you know, few G's when it's going down, right? Like it's just like freaking whipping. And I think a bird hit somebody and killed him. Yeah. To be honest. I, I've heard that. I've heard I'm pretty that. sure the bird hit him and killed the guy. Yeah. I've some, heard of decapitations. Like, yeah, some girl, uh, her leg caught something. Jeez. Going and, and when you're going that fast, you're done. Whole leg. You're gone. Yeah. It's gone. I mean, like you hear people standing up in the roller coaster and hitting the head in the bars and just decapitating. I mean, this got dark. This is got getting, a haircut. This is fucked, dude. Yeah. Like, let's move on here. This is dark. And so, you know, this individual died on this Fer- Ferris wheel accident. Uh, uh, other rides at the park um, were, were less dangerous. Obviously, there was a carousel, a merry-go-round. I don't know, dude. That's pretty wild. Sometimes it's wild get, you, get crazy. Yeah, you never Those know, man. Horses might just fucking take off. How they go up and down and around. Little Billy, no. <laughs> so, of course, yeah. Carousel, merry-go-round, uh, something called the wild mouse. Oof, that sounds rough. Um, I mean, that shit's everywhere. Wild, wild mice, mouse. Wild mice are everywhere. Yeah, right. It just was in the in the freaking concession stands. Everybody There's a couple here. wild mouse yeah, in the they, concession. They, yeah. <laughs> the park was so bad. Eat a couple had. nachos. They were saying that the the you know the rodents around there were actually attractions. <laughs> that mouse is crunching some nachos. Woo! Um, so there was also uh, a thing called a, a miniature train, and then the thing called the whip. Hmm. Oof, the whip, whip. kind of reminds me of something that was like uh, what was that one? It's that like was... a it's like a BDS BDS well, yeah, themed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... that, that yeah. What is this? Fifty Shades Come on of this Dandelion ride. Park. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> So uh, around, uh, uh, um, you know, after 1974 when they had the accident and, and then obviously uh, into um, the, the, uh, the late part of the 70s, the park was closed and demolished uh, and, and it was all because the attendance had simply dropped. And uh, like we mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, the Great Flags uh, or uh, Six Flags Great America had opened in Gurney, which is not far from yeah, here. Yeah. You know, you drive it's an hour. It's hard to compete with a park like that. And I mean, especially how amazing that place is. Oh, yeah. Um, so the, 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 I guess the, the, the surgence of, of this bigger, uh, amusement park that's only about an hour away from here really just did it in completely. Yeah, yeah. Um, the tailspin though, uh, the, the roller coaster was dismantled and the wood was actually sold off for firewood. So, I mean, you can't even find pieces of this thing anymore. Um, I mean, it was just completely dismantled, and just and dust in the wind, they just yeah. yeah they they just kissed it goodbye. Uh, some of the buildings were burned and um, used as uh, practice for the fire department, which is great. Um, do controlled burns, see how they can put things out and things like that. So it wasn't a complete waste, uh, you know, just to knock this thing over and you know build a parking lot. But 
uh, so uh, the land was eventually developed into housing, which is what is there now. Uh, there is a sign, however, that is uh, like other Wisconsin historical, historical mark sites. Oh, wow. uh, so they do have a sign out there where the uh, where the the park, I guess, entrance would have been. Or near where the can you still the see the wild is. mouse in the field there? You can still see a bunch of wild mice <laughs> in the field. It's crazy. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, they're right out there next to the the flipping haunchies. <laughs> wild <laughs> mice and haunchies, baby. Is there some kind of linkage between wow. the haunchies and this amusement park? Yeah, I think the haunchies ride the mice. Maybe. Oh, that that's what it was. Okay, yeah. solved. Solved. Problem solved here. Uh, Russ. Uh, you and I don't really have a ton of information about this particular place. Um, we do. We are going to post the sign uh, yeah, so yeah. you guys can uh, read that, and and, uh, and and we'll have a chance to um, get a, get a look at that yourself. Even though you know you, you, a lot of our fans aren't even from Wisconsin, so uh, it'll yeah, give them yeah. a chance to actually see what these signs look like uh, out on this out on the land. It was and, cool. You even found this. I had no idea this was an amusement park. In yeah, and at some point. you know I haven't lived here for too awfully long you know yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, the 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 few things in in uh in that we've run across so far are pretty cool you know you and i have have uh done the cemetery that's uh um down on north cape road and uh we've uh, now talked about the amusement park uh, and there's a couple other things uh in haunchies uh, oh, there's yeah, a couple yeah. other things that we've definitely uh caught on to that we want to do episodes on um you know and then this one like i said we don't have a ton of information on it and uh, there isn't really a ton of information out there either. Um, but this was an, an amazing place for many people for many years. And uh, uh, we encourage any of you who listen that are from this area, please uh, send us a message uh, about, you know, your maybe your memories or stories. Or if you got there. pictures. If you have pictures, that'd even be cool. Better. I would just love to see it. Honestly. Even better. Yeah. Give us a, a, a shout. Uh, our our um, You can contact us right at our, our website, WisconsinDrunkenHistory.com. Uh, there's a contact page. Uh, if you want uh, to actually do it long form and, and write us uh, uh, to our email directly, because I'm not sure how attachments work when you go through our website. Yeah, but, I don't, I'm not sure. Um, WIDrunkenHistory at gmail.com. Uh, again, that's WIDrunkenHistory at gmail.com. Um, we would love to hear your stories or see any pictures yeah, that you might have cool. uh, of family vacations to there or family trips to there. Um I'm very interested to see what uh, what the layout kind of looked like. And, and uh, of course, we'll reach out to um, the Muskego uh, uh, kind of historical, uh, you know, maybe the library will have some yeah, stuff yeah. too. But um, very curious to just see, you know, what it, what it looked like. And especially if you've got something from um, kind of towards the end uh, of, of it being the uh, Muskego Beach Park to Dandelion. I'd love to see the two different areas and see what they looked like. Um, But that's going to wrap up the main segment. And now we're going to play some music. All right. Uh, So today, again, we are featuring music by uh, Milwaukee-based Briante. Uh, Super awesome. It's like kind of like alt-rap infused. Yeah. Kind of. It's really yep. good. You can definitely hear the influence, I would say, of like Childish Gambino a little yeah. bit. It's kind of what I'm getting right away. And and a lot of uh, the, the kind of crossovers between kind of like that hip-hop and like new pop-punkish music and stuff. Yeah, a little bit. Really I mean, getting cool vibes bit. out of it. I like it. And, uh, um, you know, Russ and I talked as well that like, you know, there for a while we kind of went down a rabbit hole of of like one style and one yeah. taste of oh, music. Yeah, for sure. 
And um, it's nice to have a variety. And this was yeah. actually an awesome song. And this was super cool because you know I ended up finding it because of the Mid Coast Concert Series. Uh, kind of went back and and dug down a little bit more into those to see like, well, what other artists you know were, were we missing? Because Milwaukee's got such a uh, a great reach of every oh, right. type of music, which is uh, one of the the amazing reasons why uh, the the scene is so great here. So uh, again, we got Briante. The song is Uh Oh, and uh, it's absolutely awesome. Yeah, check this out. Again, that was Briante from the Milwaukee area here. That was, that was really good. Holy I smokes. Like it. it was nice. Yeah. Um, it, the, the song was Uh-Oh. Uh, definitely go check that that out. Uh, I'm sure you can uh, Google, you know, the, the you know, Briante, Milwaukee, something like that, and, and find uh, all of that. Plus, he's on Apple Music. I, I know that's where I got the track uh, for this one, too. So um, now we'll uh, check out a beer. Yeah, let's um, do this. And keeping it in, in Muskego fashion here, uh, we're going to look at uh, an Eagle Park uh, setup. So, uh, Russ, what do we what do we got yeah, here? Yeah, so today we have the Portable Radio, which is an oat cream IPA um, coming in at 6.5% ABV. Um, it actually has a lot of oats in it. 50% of it is actually oats in the grain bill. Mm-hmm. Um, it has... Um, what is that? Is that is it the Falconer's Flight Hop? Is that what yep. it says? Okay, so it has Falconer's Flight Hop in the mash, and it's dry hopped with Galaxy and Mosaic Hop. And right, you, and you're definitely getting that flavor. Um, 
really creamy. It's like a golden hazy color. There's a little haze to it. You're definitely getting the old, like the old flavor is yeah. coming through hard. I mean, yeah, it's definitely a light colored beer. Yeah, uh, on the outside, uh, uh, and and then uh, you know the 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 taste again, like you're saying. I am getting the Galaxy and Mosaic because yeah, it is dry hopped with that. So I wonder how many rounds of dry hopping they do. You know what I always gauge Galaxy hops is, is with um, Carbon 4 uh, Fantasy Factory. Yeah. And you're definitely getting a little back finish of that Galaxy hop coming through. Like I'm getting that taste for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, the Falconer's hop I think is the one kind of the, the one taking over here. Like when I'm tasting it. Like yeah. getting a little bit of back finish of obviously the Mosaic and the Galaxy for sure. Yeah, I mean you're definitely getting the flavor from the, the hops that are brewed into that mash. Um and then that that sort of additional tastiness from the Galaxy and Mosaic from that dry hop session. Um, re- just a really solid beer. Uh, I haven't had anything from Eagle Park that I, I haven't They're uh, always enjoyed. making good beers. I mean, we, um, we've been trying to get them on the show for a while now. Um, but, yeah, the can's actually really cool, too. So it's actually yeah. like kind of a black background, um, kind of a light white beige colored text but the yeah. can, there's like a can cassette on it with like a like lightning bolts the yeah. can is, is like the can cassette's actually purple has purple and like yellow which is l compton's uh school colors oh geez it. yeah i didn't Holy even smokes. i didn't even yeah wow um really cool though they, they always kind of tend to be uh very music oriented uh, yeah, obviously yeah. we've talked about They're how musicians exactly and, yeah the, like, the the two brothers are uh, actually musicians and um, both very into music and, and, uh, they, they certainly let it show on most of their can art. And then also in a lot of the names of their, uh, their beers as well are, you know, like set list we've done before. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and then obviously portable radio is a, is an item uh, that you can, uh, listen to music on. And, um, I think we've done uh, loop station, which is kind of like a loop station can actually be a, a um, a pedal. Uh, a guitar pedal oh, yeah. where yep. you record a little riff and then you could play over your own riff a few different times. It's pretty rad. Yeah, she's electric. I mean, they're all referencing, you know, oh, some yeah. kind of musical oh, yeah. thing, which is really cool, yep. obviously. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, we've really been trying to get them on the show. If you haven't had a chance, get to Muskego and check them out. Um, yeah, this the one place we, is amazing. This one was we found at festival was yep. the only the place where we found this one. Um, I'm not sure of the availability at like a Woodman's or whatnot. You, gotta, you can exactly pick it sure. right up from uh, from oh, Eagle Park too. If Eagle you're in Muskego, you got to go there anyways. And I mean, Eagle Park is awesome. They also have a downtown location, uh, uh, which I think they call it like the Hamilton uh, location. Yeah, Hamilton. Uh, so that's actually on Hamilton Street in downtown Milwaukee, and then the Muskego, uh, uh, which is kind of right next to Walmart. So Check it out. I mean, honestly, I would say uh, pick your beer up right from there because you're going to get um, not only a really cool uh, 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 visit. I mean, the, the the buildings, both of them are really cool. Uh, the one out in Muskego, though, is uh, it's huge and uh, it's really open. So if you're still kind of trying to stay socially distanced a bit and stuff, too, it's it's absolutely amazing. And then nice. obviously, as we talked about the beer a couple different times on this show over the last 80 some episodes uh this this is uh, a brewery that's gonna stay for a while you know a real long while grab a seat gather around join us for a chat how many logos you have all right folks you know what that means and do we got one with the upcoming snow we got a great how many logos for you today erica lead yeah. us in yeah so uh as russ mentioned this is kind of uh, neat because of the the season that we're in uh, we are in December and 
it, the snow the snow will be falling soon it uh, has really not up until you know we've had a couple of flurry days but um, nothing uh, nothing that accumulated so this one's good to keep in mind because we will be hitting those uh, heavy accumulation snow days so the uh, the article uh, is titled, Fleeing OWI suspect claims crazy plow driver was after him. <laughs> nice. Uh, so a 47-year-old Wauwatosa man is charged not only with his second drunken driving offense, but uh, also with a felony count of fleeing an officer. Uh, the man's excuse for failing to stop, you might ask? It was because of a crazed snowplow driver, he said. Jesus. Um so the uh, the individual was charged on Friday in the Waukesha County Court system uh, after Elm Grove police said they chased him at a high speed for about three and a half miles. <coughs> so uh, well into the uh, Wauwatosa area uh, before he eventually, I guess, plowed into a snowdrift and uh, uh, couldn't get out. So uh, the individual, if convicted of both counts, uh, would face up to like six months in jail, uh, an OWI charge. Uh, and up to like three years and six months in prison for the fleeing charge. So, um, not good. Yeah, he's got he's got some time ahead of him potentially if everything sticks and everything goes. Uh, so this was about one a.m. last Thursday. Um, about sixty-two miles an hour in a forty-five zone was how fast we were going uh, eastbound in the uh, actually the uh, um, thirteen thousand block of Blue Mound Road. So that's. That is right through uh, Elm Grove. Uh, that basically runs from Wauwatosa to Brookfield. Uh, the uh, Blue Mound doesn't, and that stretches Elm Grove in between. So um, he caught up to the driver. Uh, he hit his lights. He had the sirens on, uh, but the the individual did not stop. Oh god! Um, the individual, in fact, actually hit the hit the gas. Like I mean, he knew went, he was drunk. He's probably like questioning his mind: Should I go? Or should right. I stay? Like yep. Should have run. Exactly. It's that. It's that. Uh, uh, that that thought process that happens almost instantly of yeah. like, what happens? Fight or flight? You know, yeah, what do I sure. do? And uh, I mean, I'm in trouble. What do I do? Here? Exactly. Like, and and he knows more than anybody what his situation is behind that wheel. Uh, and and as we're gonna find out here in a minute, I think, uh, um, he's 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 heavily under the influence. You know. Uh, so the officer uh, noted that the individual uh, sped for two blocks, slowed almost to a complete stop, and uh, signaling that he was going to turn right, but then, of course, took off again when the squad car and the lights uh, uh, were still flashing and it came up behind him. So um, the stop and start pursuit actually continued for, like I said, about three and a half miles, um, during uh, which time the individual uh, slid into and bounced off snowbanks numbers of times. Um <laughs> just absolutely pinballing, uh, you know, in and out of shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the individual finally, uh, hit a snowbank, Um, and, uh, that was near, uh, West Dearborn Avenue, uh, just a few blocks from, uh, the, the individual's home. Uh, so you could tell he was really trying to just get home, which yeah, no yeah. matter what, even if you made it to your driveway, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, right. You're still just in, in as much trouble, if not more, you know? So uh, several officers had actually gotten onto his tail at this point and uh, were, um, you know, uh, proceeding to chase this individual. So now you've got multiple vehicles uh, involved here. Um, A lot of county dollars on this guy. Yeah. And at first, this guy, I guess, couldn't even roll his window down after several attempts. Um, Once he did, the officers told him to get the hell out of the car because, um, 
he, he the the, uh, the person actually started to be uh, being uh, uh, aggressive, yelling incoherently, and and nobody could really tell what the hell was going on. Um, so uh, they forcibly removed him from his car. They handcuffed him. Uh, he complained that uh, his final accident was the fault of the closest pursuing officer, which we all know that can't possibly be. Right. He's a, he's trying to get pulled <clears throat> over. You know, uh, right. he's not trying to make you uh, run into anything. Um, just listen to the damn police, you know. Uh, so th- he was taken uh, into the Elm Grove Police Station, um, uh, at which time they were going to do the uh, sobriety tests. And um, I-, I guess he either failed to perform uh, adequately or couldn't perform at all um, because uh, um, we don't have any sort of uh, um, record of, 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 you know, any any field sobriety tests being done or anything. But he did agree to a breath test uh, to determine his blood alcohol but he couldn't or wouldn't perform that properly. So he either couldn't blow hard enough or for long enough or whatever. And, and for whatever reason, uh, we don't have any of that. He couldn't perform um, on the spot, but Oh, buddy. Oof. He got shy. Yeah, he did. Um, Things kind of tucked away. Yeah. Hid. <laughs> so he was taken for the blood draw, which is, uh, um, that's the piece that's admissible in court. Uh, the, the preliminary breath test. That's not even admissible. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> So, uh, it's in the police report, but it's never, uh, it hasn't been never released. we don't court, actually so. have that to uh, judge this one. Yeah. But and we, so uh, honestly, uh, we don't really have, uh, a too much of, of particular and specific information, but I mean, um, the fact that he thought he's getting chased by a snowplow though, like, I know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I could see like mistaking flashing lights that are orange, but like, Berries and cherries are completely different colors. Yeah. You know, like this guy. Yeah, well, because he's just finding an excuse. Safety vehicles can't have the same color as as police. Police can't have the same color as fire. I mean, mean, really, he's blaming everyone but himself. I mean, like, he blamed that last officer for hitting him into the ditch and knocking him into the snowbank. It's like, dude, you ran. Like, at that point, you forfeit, right? Yeah, it's it's classic uh, criminal behavior and criminal thinking. So, um, like you said, uh, made up a really dumb excuse. Right. Uh, nobody's fallen for I it. I mean, he, he screwed. I there mean, there was no snowplow driver. Um, nobody was driving crazy. He uh, didn't want to get pulled over and and thought that he could evade off, right. uh, and and just did not do well. Uh, so for that, we thank you. And uh, thanks we for the article. This, have this amazing article. <laughs> you did not kill anyone. Hopefully, you continue to uh, drive better. We do have some critical notes here, though. We do have age. 42, right? Yeah, we got 42. We have, this is his second one, correct? This or 47. Is, this is his second one. And this one. is his second, yeah. So he has a little bit of experience. Um, second one, 42 years old. Um, he, he only you know, sped for about three and a half miles, so yeah, he's not very good at driving. Yeah, I mean, he's he's pretty drunk, right? So, and he's hitting snowbanks, and I'll tell you what, that, that road, uh, that stretch on Blue Mound, it's pretty straight. Yeah. And it's yeah, also it's not that bad. Two it's two lanes each side. Uh with a with a hefty size shoulder. So him hitting snowbanks and things is pretty telling as well. I mean, I think I got a number. Um if I, you do. I feel pretty comfortable. All right, what do you think? In three, two, one, nine 18. loco. I was oh, eighteen wow. loco. Um, you know, the the fact that he's making up all the shit, he's hitting a lot of things. Um I just think there's a lot here. I think there's a lot I to unpack. I think at 18, though, he would probably be blacked, blacked out. blacked out? So I, I'm, willing, I'm willing to bump up and say 12. I'll settle with 12 local if you're okay. willing to. I'll settle with that. I um, think... 
I just I I think this guy like is kind of like one of those dozers though, dude. I think he's kind of dozing off. He has no idea what's going on, but then he like gets scared and like, but he's yeah. so drunk that he like kind of dozes and kind of goes off to the side again. And then he speeds up because he realizes there's like, I think oh, he's just kind of okay. whack. I think he's just kind of whack, dude. Like yeah, honestly, he just loses focus of what's yeah, going on, and then all of a sudden he comes fuck, to a little bit and he's like, fuck, oh, there's cops. Oh, I think he's just run. really drunk. To okay, be honest. but I will settle for a twelve local. Actually, let's go with twelve local. Eric's on the gavel. All right, that concludes this episode of Wisconsin Drunken History Podcast. If you enjoyed this vulgar display of Wisconsin, please like and subscribe on whatever streaming platform you prefer. And remember to hit the bell on YouTube to be notified when we release new content. Also, if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, please send us an email at widrunkenhistory at gmail.com or head over to our Facebook and Instagram pages. Thanks again for listening. And remember, as always, watch out for deer on your way home.